0: Good morning. Good morning. I'm Carmen LaVerge It is the 18th of January, 2023. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. I'm so glad you've included us in your day. There's lots of resources available at MyFaithRadio.com. You'll want to check those out. Um, and yes, there are show notes for today's program. You can get those later today at MyFaithRadio.com when the show is posted as a podcast, or if you just subscribe to Mornings with Carmen as a podcast, wherever you get your podcast, then when that podcast populates, you'll have the show notes, which include all of the, um, the information about the people we talk with and the links to the things we talk about. Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And it starts with God, so let's just be sure we're starting with God. Right. This is uh, operational information for people who are in an active relationship with God through Jesus Christ by the power of his Holy Spirit. So I think it's important to recognize that um, this is a verse of Scripture in the context of a letter written by a Christian to a next generation Christian, encouraging them not only in their own faith, but in their Christian leadership. So um, that's important to know. Not every verse of the Bible is like directly written to Christian believers, but this is certainly one that is. So this is Paul writing to Timothy and um, and the living word of God for you and I today as well. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That word that's translated self-discipline there um is is also understood to be a sound mind. It's talking about um, a mind that is able to perceive and think accurately, rightly, justly. So uh, we have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. We're going to talk about that a little bit later today. But I want to start with this. God has given us a spirit. You have a spirit. You are possessed of a spirit. If you are a Christian, you are possessed of a particular spirit, the Holy Spirit. If you are not a Christian, you're equally possessed of a spirit. Like, there, there is a spirit. Um, you have a spirit. It's just a question of what kind of spirit you have. And um, uh, the spirit that God gives is not a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline or sound mind. It's his spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And so if you're a Christian, you are possessed of a spirit. Well, if you're not a Christian, you're also possessed of a spirit. So the question is, what kind of spirit possesses me? Am I possessed of and possessed by the spirit of the living God or am I possessed of and possessed by the spirit of the age or um, a different spirit? Am I possessed of the Holy Spirit or am I possessed of and by a spirit that is of the enemy, a spirit that's sent to torment and confuse and frighten me? One spirit leads to life, the other leads to death. One spirit produces a full life, um, the very life of Christ lived out in the here and now and into eternity, and the other spirit produces, I don't know, what I'll call like a half-life or a pitiful life, continually a life that's like cutting off and diminishing, corrupting, spoiling, destroying. Um, It's a spirit of destruction. Which spirit possesses you and of which spirit are you possessed? That's really the question of the day. And um, and you're saying to yourself, you know, I don't really like to <clears throat> think about spiritual possession. I don't like to be a person who uh, is possessed by anything. I am my own person. Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous place to be. Luke tells us at the beginning of the eighth chapter of his gospel that um, Jesus spent a lot of time delivering people from the evil spirits that possessed them. Mary Magdalene is described in that passage as, Having been liberated or um, delivered from seven demons that came out of her. She was a woman possessed of and possessed by. In the opening chapter of Mark's gospel, at the beginning of uh, the beginning there, right at the beginning of his gospel, I'm picking up at verse 21, we read that um, when they went to Capernaum immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and he's teaching, and they were astonished and um, sounded like he was a, one who had authority. And there was a man with a what? With an unclean spirit. There are unclean spirits. And what does Jesus do? He he liberates him. The, The spirit actually engages with Jesus. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. I mean, this is a direct spiritual encounter. The spirit that's inside of Jesus, which is obviously the Holy Spirit of the living God, is in direct conflict with the spirit that is animating Possessing this person. Jesus rebukes him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit came out of him. They're all amazed and they question themselves, What is this? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And Jesus then in turn gives that power to his own disciples, sending them out. Now, I'm making some people very uncomfortable today because you'd prefer to imagine that we've evolved beyond such ideas and conversations. Hey, this is the 21st century, Carmen. We don't call that demon possession. We have a lot more therapeutic and medical names for all of those problems that people have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cosmic forces. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter six that our struggle is at its very base a spiritual one. Don't, don't, don't try to outsmart that. Don't try to, you know, be a person more advanced than that kind of thinking. If you have received the good gift of God's gracious offer of Jesus, then you have also received the spirit of God, a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Many people around you today are going to be operating out of an opposite spirit because they are possessed of and possessed by a spirit of desperation, rage, confusion, deception, and hopelessness. They will lash out. We do not. They hate. We love. They howl. We pray. They take. We give. They look only at the things of this world. We look to the things of the kingdom, eyes and hearts fixed above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, from whom all blessings flow, including the gift of his very spirit. Let's operate out of that today. Pastor Daryl Crouch is gonna join us next. We're gonna talk about your verse for this year. What's your verse for this year? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. There is freedom out of Seen I seen rain. Seen sunny days that I thought would never end Well, our friend Daryl Crouch is back. You can find him at everyoneswilson.org. Good morning, Daryl.
2: Good morning, Carmen. How are you?
0: I am well, I it is well with my soul. I'm possessed of a spirit of a sound mind, and so I'm feeling uh, very, very blessed today. How about you?
2: Well, well, I, I'm. it's early, so I'm not sure that's all true of me, but um, we're going to go with that. So it's great. <laughs> hey, Grateful what's, to be a, here.
0: what's going on at Everyone's Wilson? Like people, you know, like to know what, what's happening in the world.
2: Yeah, well, um, it's really exciting. I'm, it's not always exciting. I don't want to overplay that. It's hard work, but it's really exciting. God's favor is so... So good, and I don't say that in a trite way. Um, there's um, a lot of favor. Churches are are uh, stepping into the public square in a in a way that I think in, is um, in, incredibly encouraging. Uh, relationships are being built. We're we're connecting um, our faith with our work um, and helping cast vision for how the everyday Christian can uh, live on mission with Jesus in their place of business and how businesses can be a part of the solution in a community to create wholeness for people uh, as we're motivated by the gospel and show and share the gospel along the way. Um, I think uh, one of the things that's fun for me to f- discover is that um, a long time ago, I read a, um, a study you may be familiar with by Henry Blackaby called Experiencing God. And that was mm-hmm. 30 years ago now. But he he would uh, he, he had this phrase of finding where God is already working and join him there. And um, God is already working in our communities through uh, government entities. For example, um, they do wonderful work um, at the local level. We 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 hear about the federal level and have m- many valid criticisms, but uh, local government offices do wonderful work. Um, there's nonprofits that already exist in the community that provide incredible resources for our neighbors that are in the margins. And so I think for churches to to discover that and partner with those folks that are already in the trenches and bringing the light of the gospel to those places um anyway that's pretty cool and uh so we're we're excited about all of that.
0: I just wanted to you know check in and 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 like test the pulse and so thank you so much for um for sharing that. Um you and I are going to talk about um having a verse of the year or at least thinking about having a verse of the year. Let's just um let's just share with people what was according to you version what was the 2022 verse of the year
2: the 2022 verse of the year Is was like Isaiah <laughs> Isaiah 41:10 D- so do not fear for i am with you do not be dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you and help you i will uphold you with my righteous right hand Isn't that good
0: yeah, that would be a good one um for any year. And it was the it was the most searched and um mm. and then penned and then um returned to verse according to you version. And so I wanted to lift that up. All right, uh Daryl and I are gonna turn our conversation next to what uh what, what a verse of the year might be for twenty twenty three and how you might identify one. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Right. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Hey, I'm Suzy Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would
2: you consider subscribing to other great Faith Radio podcasts like mine? Search Suzy Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. All joy, no stress.
0: All right. It's possible that you have a life verse. It's possible that you have like a life song. Maybe you have a word for the year. We've talked a little bit about that. My word for the year is peace. Do you have a verse of the year? Um, so, so several people have already answered. My verse of the year is John fourteen twenty seven. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Another person says my verse of the year is Psalm 136, 26. Give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. Um, we're talking with Pastor Daryl Crouch. He heads up an organization called Everyone's Wilson. Everyone's Wilson dot org. Um, hey, all right. So, verse of the year, Daryl. Something that you've thought about. Something that you do.
2: So, I don't have a verse of the year typically. Um, I think one of the, and I think there, it's it's a wonderful thing to do. I think for that to happen, um, is to cultivate that in the year prior that uh, that for, for me in, in my Bible reading every day, uh there are uh usually verses or passages that I dwell on. And so I'm a sit and soak kind of Bible reader. And um so I um I walk through the scripture fairly deliberately every morning, and <clears throat> and there are verses that the Lord uses to minister to my heart. Uh and it's fairly um it's not regimented, but it's a, it's a reading plan that keeps me grounded in the Scripture. And so uh, I think out of that, for example, a few weeks ago now, um, I read where Enoch walked with God. Uh, mm-hmm. I read again later where Noah walked with God. They are known their lives are marked by a daily uh, kind of lifestyle intimacy with Jesus or with God. And uh, so I think uh, that those verses, and uh, I worked through that for a few days. And so in 2024, uh, that could become a verse of the year for me. Um, I must confess, I I don't think I have ADD, but I think uh, one verse for the whole year is not enough for me. I probably get a little distracted and would want a few verses for the year, but I think Um, The point is, is that we allow the scripture to shepherd our hearts sometimes. And I don't know that this is all bad. I just think sometimes we do it the other way. We allow our hearts to uh, go search out a scripture that um, that would minister to where we are are feeling in that moment. And uh, we become captivated by um, by that thought and um, so I, I think as we walk with God, and uh, allow the Scripture to pour over us in a daily kind of way, in a in a in a regular way, a sit and soak kind of way, then uh, there are passages that He impresses upon us, and He tutors our hearts through that process. And therefore, we can find a Scripture that we can cling to for this day, for this month, for this year. We're all have dispositions that are different, uh, but allow the scripture to really shepherd our hearts through the year. I I hope that that makes some sense.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that having a constellation of verses or a chapter of scripture or even a Mm, book that I'm, you know, that I'm settling into. Um, which I think gets us to a conversation about scripture memorization. You're talking about reading scripture in a way that's very deliberate. You're soaking in it. Um, you're returning to it year mm-hmm. over year. Um, I think that encouraging folks at the at the outset of the year to develop our scripture memorization muscles. I mean, I feel like if your verse of the year last year was Isaiah 41.10, then as soon as I say the referent, like, what should come to mind? Like, it should it should populate, sure. right? Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be mm-hmm. dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Like, as soon as you hear the referent, it should populate in your mind. Other things mm-hmm. do that. Um, yeah. And so, um, how do we build scripture memorization muscles,
2: yeah i th- I love that, and I think we walk with God to do that mm. almost every night uh when i but the light goes off a- in my bedroom and put my head on the pillow i'm I'm rehearsing scripture in my mind i'm i'm there are passages that the Lord has used in my life and that He has etched on my heart uh when I wake up in the morning, there are passages that are on my heart that I recite to myself or I began to pray back to the Lord. And um, I think for us, to, there are some wonderful uh, memory uh, systems. A uh, topical memory system is, is a wonderful tool. So there's some great tools there. Um, but again, I think for us to, to allow the scripture to soak over us every day, and then for us in a week's time, for example, to have a scripture that God has used to minister to us, And we uh, write that scripture down on a uh, on a uh, index card. And uh, that becomes a bookmark for us for the next week in our Bible reading. Mm. Uh, But each morning uh, we're reciting that verse over and you do that 52 times through the year. um, You know, that becomes powerful. Let's just say you do it half that time. Let's just say you're not great at memorizing. And so you only do it half, you know, half the time. Uh, so you have, um, you know, 20 or 25 passages. Uh, what a wonderful uh, library that is built up in your heart over the next decade. And so I think for us to uh, see scripture memory as a part of our daily rhythms of walking with God, and that there is a there is a long view in mind that we're not just trying to check boxes or Stuff a bunch of stuff into our brain uh, that we really may not have capacity for, but allow Him to minister to us, and then us minister to Him in return.
0: I have, um, I, I have a friend who, um, after after trying to understand, um, you know, the Jewish practice of binding. Tiny, you know, passages of scripture um, to their head or to their uh, arm or to their waist, right? Like the the historic practice, um, which I guess is still practiced among conservative and Orthodox Jews today during services of prayer, the phylacteries that they mm-hmm. um, wear in pairs on their body. Um, like that was a practice that he undertook in kind of a different way. He would um, he would write passages of scripture that he like he. he in areas where he was having a hard time guarding his heart, like things that he knew were finding their way into his heart and affections that were competing with God, he would write passages of scripture and then he would tuck them into that pocket that men's shirts have right there over their heart. Um, and he would, he did the same thing in relationship to, um, other pockets on his body where he needed, <laughs> He felt like he needed spiritual protection. And then at one point he took to folding them up and like um, he wore a ball cap a lot and there's a little space in a ball cap between wow. the uh, right. There's a place in there that you could fold up a piece of paper and tuck it in kind of to the rim. Yeah. And um, yeah. and he was doing that like things that were that were intruding into his thought life. And I just thought, OK, so this is a historic practice that um, God gave and God gave it as a really good practice that we could Adopt and adapt to realities of our life today where we need um, we know we recognize the need for God to um, be the guard and um, and the influencer over particular parts of our um, affections and the way, you know, even our bodies work.
2: Yeah, I love that. It's very practical. You know, we think of it kind of in sometimes in spiritual or, you know, uh, really obscure kind of ways, but those are very practical things writing things down, putting things on paper, putting things where you'll see them. Our home is filled with scripture on the walls, you know, in kind of decorative ways. And, but they're, they're meaningful scriptures to uh, my wife and, to our kids and to um, to me. And and so I think um, it becomes a very practical, earthy, you know, that, that what you described is very earthy. You know, it's not very, you know, it, it just doesn't sound super spiritual, but it's very, very practical. And um, I think for us to um, incorporate this, this biblical worldview that you do such a good job in helping uh, shape for us each day, um, these are, these are heart issues, but they're also hand issues. These are, these are way, things that are, um, etched on our hearts that affect the way we live our lives. And so for your friend to, to know that, Hey, his thought life needs protection and he needs to be intentional about that. And to put scripture in the brim of his hat or in the, you know, inside brim of his hat, a band of his hat is, uh, just a incredibly practical way to, um, to uh, seek Jesus and his kingdom first.
0: Yeah, I thought it might be a, a helpful one for folks today as well. Um, Daryl, as always, what a joy to talk with you. Thank you for joining us on a regular basis to help us live into the living word of God and, li- and live it out in our lives. So thank you so much.
2: It's a joy. I hope you have a great it's day.
0: So much fun. You too. That's Daryl Crouch. You can find him at everyoneswilson.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio.
2: I will trust where You
0: lead. I will trust when I can't see. All right, Kathy asked a really good question in the follow-up to our opening conversation. Uh, Kathy said, "Hey, thanks for the introduction to today's program, but I have a question about the spirit. Is the spirit the same as the soul, or are they two separate?" Entities. The word "entity" is an interesting question there. So, uh, so good morning, Kathy, and good morning everyone else. Um, uh, You have a soul. Every person has a soul. We are soulish creatures, Um, and your soul is going to be possessed of and possessed by a spirit. So, if you think of your, um, if you think of your soul as like the empty house of your body, like think of it as like an empty house, it's going to be inhabited, filled used by an outpost of some kind of spirit. So you got room in there for lots of terrible spirits, or you got room for the Holy Spirit of God, who wants to live in every portion, nook and cranny, even the hiding places of your soulish house, the house of your soul. Um I remember uh a very very small tract called Your Heart Christ's Home and it's a it really is about allowing the spirit of God um the person of Christ to inhabit every nook and cranny of your house well your it's not really your house like right it's the soul it's the heart of who you are um and so your heart your soul your mind your strength God wants it all he wants to inhabit possess be possessed the possessor of and um, and have access to every part of who you are. And so I hope, I don't know, hopefully that doesn't breed more confusion, Kathy. Hopefully that answers your question. Um, I would certainly advocate that each and every one of us invite God's spirit to uh, fill us and animate our lives in every part. Um, God's spirit is certainly my hope. And, um, yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. That's what I have. That's what I have on that. Um, thank you. You guys can always text me during the show. Many of you are doing so today. 877-933-2484 is, uh, is the number here. Mark Turman is going to join us next from Denison Forum. Hey, here's a question for you. Are you a holy warrior or you are an, are you an ambassador of the king and the kingdom? Are you a holy warrior or are you an ambassador of the king and the kingdom. What's the difference? That's up next You're on Mornings with Carmen. Joining us now is Mark Terman from the Denison Forum. You can find what we're talking about today at denisonforum.org. The goal of the Denison Forum, taken from First Chronicles 12.32, the goal of the Denison Forum is to explain the culture to the church so the church can change the culture in the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you're a Christian listening right now, this is a conversation designed for you, explaining the culture to you as a member of the body of Christ, so that you can change the culture in the power of the Holy Spirit. From the Denison Forum, Mark Turman joins us again today. Mark, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen.
1: Thanks, Carmen. Good morning and Happy New Year. Great to be back with you in the start of this new season.
0: Absolutely, and we're going to spend a lot of time this year um, explaining the culture to the people of Christ so that they can change the culture in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, And I'm hoping that in so doing, um, we can we can realize, we can live into that phrase of the Lord's prayer that we pray when we, um, when we hope that his kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven. Like, that's my, my hope and desire. And so let's talk about the kingdom. Let's talk about the king. And let's talk about who we are as Christians. Um, you, you started this conversation uh, with a question. And so I'm going to let you answer the question. Should we be holy warriors or ambassadors of Christ?
1: Yeah, thanks for that. The answer, in my view, is yes. We just need to understand how those two things work out. But the short answer is yes. But I think that in many ways, uh, Christians these days may have some of that flipped in a way that's unhealthy. I do think that we are to be warriors, but not cultural warriors. We talk about the culture wars all the time, and certainly that's a reality, and we all understand that, and we're a part of that. We're concerned about that. But Uh, While the Bible gives us many, many metaphors of Christians being warriors, Ephesians 6 is particularly one that comes to mind, put on the armor of Christ, and we are to go out and do battle. But the question is, is where is that war joined? I think we are seeing the people uh, that we're looking at on our streets and in our neighborhoods and in our workplaces and on the television, we see those as the enemy when they're not. Our enemy is the devil. And we are to become warriors against him and against what he is trying to do in the world. We are to be spiritual warriors, but we are to be cultural ambassadors or missionaries who are sent by the King to deliver His message and to do His work.
0: I love that, and I um, I couldn't agree more. This is um, this is absolutely aligned with uh, what Scripture leads us to believe and do. So, talk with a little talk with us a little bit um, about. Um, perspective, because you not only have an eternal perspective here to offer us that helps, you actually have a temporal one as well.
1: Yeah. So the perspective should be: what is God's will in my in my life today for helping His kingdom to become more of a reality in all of my relationships, in all the places where He chooses to give me influence. Now, the spiritual battle is one we understand; it's the one that we fight on our knees. It's the one that we fight with and through the word of God, just as Jesus did when he was in the wilderness being tempted. But you know, Carmen, I, just my, my pastor friend here in town, Sam, says it often. He says, you know what? Our culture, it wants the kingdom, but it doesn't want the king. Mm-hmm. It wants all of the beauty of what we talk about in the kingdom of God, a place of peace and joy and hope and celebration. The world is longing for the kingdom, but they want it without the king. They want to be their own king or just allow everybody to do whatever comes to their own mind and heart, even though Jeremiah says that our hearts are evil. And so what does God want from me today? He wants me to wake up and to realize the most important thing is not what I do for him, but how I connect to him. How do I have a personal relationship with him that is where I can receive his love and where I can return his love. And then out of that, how does he want me to join him in what he's trying to do to redeem this world and my part of it? How can I join him in that?
0: Yeah, it's so good. Um, Again, we're talking with Mark Turman. The piece is posted at denisonforum.org, and it asks the question, Should we be holy warriors or ambassadors of Christ? The answer is yes. There's a both and to this, but there's a perspective related to each one. Um, And Mark unpacks that. So, Mark, talk with us about what it means to be an ambassador of Christ. Sent, share, serve, sacrifice, suffer.
1: Yeah, let me just confess to you right off, Carmen, and to our listeners that, you know, when I started thinking about this, I'd rather be known as a warrior than a missionary, and that just seems to to stoke my ego a little bit more and i think a bunch of us could easily name who some of our favorite warriors are and we're inspired by that and we love their their courage and their resilience and we think of many characters that we can call upon we're enraptured with uh you know superheroes these days but we don't have nearly as many missionaries that we call to mind when we think about who do we want to be like But a missionary, an ambassador, is somebody who knows that they have been sent by the king. The word apostle means sent. And we're not claiming that we are apostles like the original 12, but we are in the same way sent. Jesus said to his church on the day of his resurrection, as the father sent me, so I'm going to send you. So we know we're here because of the the commissioning of our king. Now, what else do missionaries do? They speak. They have a message to deliver. They are the heralds coming into an environment, into a community, into a group of relationships with a message of the gospel, with good news, something that God wants people to know about him that they can participate in. And they come not only with a message, but they also come with good works. They come with a willingness to serve for the glory of God and for the good of others, they're, necess- they're if necessary, they're willing to sacrifice. And when you get when you get close to a really healthy Christian, when you get close to a missionary, you'll find out that many times they're making sacrifices that they don't even consider to be sacrificial. They're just doing what they think needs to be done for the situation. And then they're also willing, if necessary, to suffer for what their king has asked them to do. They're willing to take up their cross and follow Jesus even if it means hardship, difficulty, and at times extreme suffering.
0: Yeah, it's so good. I uh when I think about being the sent people of God, you know, we we we're called to Christ, but then we're sent by Christ. We're sent by the king into foreign territory to advance his kingdom, demonstrate his character and model his ways. And I just um if we if we would be mindful of our status as ambassadors, we would carry ourselves with genuine dignity, um, not only as the sons and daughters of God, but as the very ambassadors of the King and the kingdom. Like you walk differently, you speak differently, you set the table differently um, when you recognize that you are an ambassador of another King and another kingdom in the midst of the kingdoms of this world. Uh, And you, um, and, and sacrifice, I think, is a really good, that was a really good note there, Mark. You do grow to the place where you do give, not without counting the cost in terms of like, you know, building a house and all of that. But you do give without counting the cost in terms of feeling like you've lost something in order that someone else could have their needs met. Because you recognize that you serve a God of greater abundance and there will be more. There will be sufficiency. He will take care of you.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's so many great places where we could talk about this in the scripture. Certainly, Jesus is the ultimate example. But, you know, just real practically on a material basis, I love the story of the Corinthians, uh, where Paul writes to the Corinthians about the believers that were in Macedonia. And he says that they begged him for the privilege of giving to the need. Now, I've been a pastor for 35 years. I never had anybody beg me to take their offering. But that's what the Macedonian believers were doing because they heard about the need and they wanted to be a part of it. And Paul says, even though they had basically nothing of their own, they were willing to give even to the point where they were doing without, where they were suffering their own need. But they wanted to give out of what they had, knowing, as you said, that God would take care of them. God would supply them in some way that they may not might not be able to see, but they trusted him to do that. And it says that they gave, in, they gave of their ability entirely on their own. They gave themselves to the Lord, then they gave themselves to Paul, then they gave themselves materially to the need that Paul was addressing, and they were doing it just joyfully and begging for the privilege. And that's the perspective, the attitude that we ought to have as missionaries and as ambassadors for our king.
0: Talk a little bit just uh for a moment here on the topic of suffering. Um I am not sure that people become Christians, you know, so that they can suffer with the with the expectation that um that's what's going to come. But that's exactly what God says in the scriptures that we should expect. We should expect to suffer.
1: Well, I think the scriptures give us a lot of uh, of warning and a lot of instruction about this Carmen. Yes, I think you're right. We would we would say that there's something mentally unhealthy about people who go looking for suffering. That's not mm-hmm. what any of us should be doing. That's not what we're talking about. But Jesus told us in John sixteen thirty three that we could expect that there would be trouble, that there would be tribulation, that there would be hardship. And I think he was doing that so that we would be prepared that when the hardships come, particularly because we are his ambassadors, that we would not be disillusioned, that we would not be thrown off by that. And so you see this all throughout the Bible, all throughout the New Testament particularly. Peter talks about this at length in his letters, that there are going to be trials and difficulties. Paul says in the latter part of his writings to Timothy that everyone who wants to live a godly life will face persecution at some level. And so we're being prepared to understand that that's just what's going to happen during this part of our life with Christ, that we are kind of behind enemy lines at times. And we can expect that there's going to be opposition, but we can always know that the king is with us, that his spirit is in us, and that we're never standing in any of these situations by ourselves.
0: Yeah, maybe um, maybe you could add a sixth one as encouragement at the end of the, what does it mean to be an ambassador? Because at the end of it, it means we get to go home, which I realize is not an S. So you're going to have to f- save to safe, uh, well, we'll secure. Put, we'll put a C Something. in there. We'll put a C Something. in there with we'll
1: celebrate. Yeah, we'll celebrate <laughs> at good. the end.
0: <laughs> something add something at the end um all right we're going to continue our conversation with mark turman from the denison forum in just a moment we're going to pivot we're going to have a conversation about what's going on in california you've noted the floods you've also you know like recognized that gosh for 10 years we've been praying for rain in california this is probably not the answer to the prayer that we um expected or anticipated so we're going to talk about the california floods next we're going to talk about judgment answered prayers mm-hmm. and what they're facing next. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit myfaithradio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen.
1: Wake
2: and-
0: All right. I want you to get, you know, the map of the United States up there in your uh, mind's eye, just for a moment, and focus in on the West Coast and bring California into view. All right. Where it's going to be our prayer and conversation focus here for uh, the next couple of minutes in our conversation with Mark Turman from the Denison Forum. All right, you've got California in your mind's eye, um, and you recognize that there's been drought there. There have been wildfires. We've certainly prayed over those. Um, we've been praying for rain. Um, you know that California faces the constant threat of a major earthquake, um, and you also know that in recent days, it's been flooded. I mean, flooded. Um, The California Geological Survey reports that the state has also endured more than 400 landslides since the end of 2022. So that's just in the last uh, 19 days. Um, Mark, when you think about what's happening in California, um, there are people who would say, well, it's a place that's under judgment. Um, what, what, What say you?
1: Well I think that's an easy place for us to go but I think it's uh way short of a good explanation now some of us just don't have long enough memories when it comes to weather uh now we certainly have been praying for California and for what goes on on both coasts uh, because the weather patterns there are obviously more disruptive because of their proximity to the ocean and the weather's just more extreme there. And and from my perspective, has almost always been that way, one way or the other. I'm old enough to remember when California has faced other floods. And so while this is tragic in many ways and certainly very surprising, I think it's just too easy of an answer and not really a biblically informed answer to say that this is a, a judgment from God. Uh, I, I, there's no biblical evidence or indications that that would be the case. Uh, and these kinds of floods have happened in California before. Hopefully they'll stop soon. And we're grateful for the rain, but we wish it would come in a little bit more of a uh, uh, of a reasonable pace. But sometimes the weather just doesn't cooperate the way we want it to, right?
0: Well, and that's true wherever you live. Um, I, and so wherever you live, I want you to consider right now um, the the things that you have prayed for in relationship to the weather and the weather that has come. Uh, and the events, no matter where you live, you are probably prone to some kind of weather phenomenon that's negative. Might be tornadoes, might be hurricanes, uh, might be flooding and mudslides, landslides, might be uh, derecho. Um, I mean, you know, the list is very, very long. Um, Might be blizzards, snowstorms. I mean, the people of Buffalo, New York, I have them in mind uh, in terms of, wow, a place that, that snow is not unusual. But dozens of people died, um, you know, because they just weren't adequately prepared for or respectful of the kind of snow that came um, and, and and how quickly it arrived. Talk with us about uh, natural disasters and divine judgment.
1: Well, there certainly is some precedent in the Bible for uh, these two things being linked, but when we talk about trying to draw, draw a direct line, Carmen, from one event to one particular sin or or group of people who have been sinning—that's pretty rare in the Bible. It is there. We, uh, Dr. Dennison, wrote about this. How uh, we see the experience of Miriam, the sister of of uh, Moses, who because of her sin against her brother, she was uh, afflicted with leprosy for a time. We we can see some evidences of those, particularly in the Old Testament. And they're they're very clear, and it's very much when God says, because of this, then this is going to happen. We saw that with Pharaoh, because of his stubbornness and because of his refusal to let the, the Hebrews go. God said, if you don't, then these things will happen. He refused, and then they did happen. But in, the, in our case, when it comes to what you were talking about in all of these weather things, be it Buffalo or California, there's never been a pronouncement from God that we can identify where he says, if this person or this group of, of this group of people doesn't change, then I'm going to send a blizzard or I'm going to send a forest fire or I'm going to send a flood. There's been no message like that. and then uh, the other thing to consider is is that that there's a lot of godly things that are going on in California. Now, as mm-hmm. Christians, we often hear about a lot of bad things going on from a kingdom perspective, from a Christian perspective in California, but at the same time, some very amazing ministry goes on in that state, and there are thousands, if not millions, of really godly people um, that that are living for Christ in all of these areas. So the Bible does tell us that the reason we have storms and hurricanes and earthquakes is because we live in a fallen world, and the world is fallen because Adam and Eve chose to reject God. And as the pinnacle of God's creation when they chose to disobey it reverberated and continues to reverberate through all of our of our creation including our weather
0: yeah so i think that if you're listening right now and you're saying to yourself well you know <clears throat> uh that you know i'm i'm i don't want good things to happen out there yeah so i want you to consider that god wants redemption for all people <laughs> In all places, in all circumstances, and so um, as Mark has encouraged us, let's look for the Christians in the midst, um, and for the way God is working out His um, His positive, practical uh, ministry in the midst. Let's use it for opportunity to do good and show forth the goodness of God in the midst of travail. People are most open to the gospel when everything else is washed away. Um, And so let's be people who put feet to our faith. Uh, California is facing a major cleanup in any way that you can be helpful in that. Let me encourage you to work for the good um, of our neighbors in California. Let's be praying for them, and let's be tangibly walking out our faith by coming alongside churches in those communities that are now faced with uh, helping those communities clean up. Mark, as always, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Carmen. Great to have a conversation with you this morning. Hope you have a great day.
0: It's just wonderful. Hey, you guys ought to be signed up for Denison Forum's uh, daily email. I read it every single day and love it. Uh, and you can connect with every, every single one of the things we talked about today, denisonforum.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. All right, really uh, really good interaction and questions on the text line. Keep them coming. I'm answering them as fast as I can. That number is 877-933-2484. We've got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. We're going to talk about Goshen. You could Google it if you want to. Bill English is going to join us and then listener Jessica Lowley on why she listens to Mornings with Carmen and experience. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.